Welcome to Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracts Incorporated. Our mission is to take the Word of God to all the world. Our Bible teacher today is Evangelist Micah McCurry. Since 1938, Bible Tracts Incorporated has been publishing clear gospel tracts and supplying them to churches and individuals all over the world and all at no charge. Information on how you can receive a free sample booklet of all of our tracks will be given at the end of this broadcast. And now for our Bible study, here is Evangelist Micah McCurry. Hey friend, Micah McCurry here. Thank you so much for joining me for Bible Tracked Echoes. It's such a privilege to be your host for this program. Regardless of where you are listening from, I want to welcome you in. I'm in my office right now, and it's exciting to be able to speak to so many of you from this place. And I'd like to personally invite you to come to our open house on September 30th. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time talking about it today. We've got a whole lot of scripture to get through. But if you'd like more information about it, you can send me an email at openhouse at bibletracksinc.org. That's openhouse at bibletracksinc.org. Or shoot me a text. If you have any questions whatsoever about our ministry, including about the open house, shoot me a text at 309-316-7240. Again, that number is 309-316-7240. Now, Grab your Bibles. Mark chapter number six is where we are at. Mark six is a bit, little bit of a longish chapter, if you will. I don't know, is longish a word? Regardless, it's about 56 verses long. But by the end of today, Lord willing, and the church don't rise, we'll be over halfway through this phenomenal passage of scripture for Mark chapter number six. We'll be halfway through this chapter. We're actually making good time now that we're finally back in Mark. We uh, had Paul Levine preach a couple of weeks of messages. Uh, we had a, a few weeks on, a couple weeks on prayer, talking about all sorts of different things, and we had a great time reminiscing. I say great time, it doesn't sound like the right word, but reminiscing, meditating on September 11th, not but a week or so ago. God's been good to us, has he not? He's been good to our country. You may say it looks so dark, it looks so drear, uh, so many things wrong. You look at our government, and I'm not talking about which side of the aisle I'm saying all of them need to get saved if they're not. But what I'm saying is this, the king, capital K, king of kings, he's still on the throne. And so before you mope around, complain and whine, realize that God is still God. He has not abdicated and we have much to look forward to, not the least of which is heaven. Grab your Bibles. Mark chapter number six. While you turn there, I think we're going to begin in Mark chapter six, verse 17. And uh, we'll give it a little context, a little reminder from yesterday as well. We talked about Herod, King Herod, and the fact that he had some skeletons in his closet. He was afraid of a shadow. He had some. He had a guilty conscience. We'll talk about that more in just a second. I've got a gospel tract in my hands right now. This one right here called Freedom in Forgiveness. It was written by a friend of mine named Paul Peruki. Good man. was actually just texting with him the other day. He is such a worker for the Lord. He is such an inspiration to me. Has served a 
lifetime. He got saved a little bit later in life, and he's making up for lost time. He's always somewhere helping with something, taking missions trips. He's a pastor in the Michigan area, but he's a good man. He wrote this gospel tract, gave his salvation testimony. It begins with this. Paula and I were married. That's his wife, Paul and Paula. Paula and I were married in 1984 and had a rough life because of drugs and much death. And then he spends the next chapter talking about all the people they lost, whether it be from drugs or alcohol and all these different things. A 10-year-old nephew killed by a drunk driver. His marriage was over. And then he gets to the fact a little bit later on, the fact that he accepted Christ as his Savior and he gives the solution to your problems as well. He gives the Bible way to heaven in this gospel tract. I'd encourage you, if you're worried about your eternity, maybe you do struggle with some of those same things. Maybe it's drugs and alcohol and rock and roll, and those are what dominate your life. You'd say, Brother Micah, I'm I'm tired. I'm sick of being tired. I'm I'm ready to be done with this. Maybe, just maybe, you need to reach out today. We'd love to hear from you. I'll give you my text number again in just a minute. But maybe you're a Christian and you'd say, I need to start using gospel tracks. I remember, let me think back to the precise circumstance. This was not long after we got our RV. I remember using this specific gospel track. It had just been written, just been printed. Before we do that, if you're concerned about your soul, let me give you this phone number. 309 three one six seven two four zero if you want to reach out and you're concerned about your eternal destiny text me today at three zero nine three one six seven two four zero but i do recall I had this gospel tract in my in my glove box or something like that. I think that was before I started carrying around my tract wallet with me and our RV broke down. It was the very first trip we took it out. One of those unforeseen things. It wasn't the dealership's fault. It just had a belt break. You know, just one of those things that happens. And the AC compressor went out very quickly and we were pulled over. We were only like five, 15, five to 15 miles from where we needed to go in West Virginia. An RV, it was pulled over on the side of the road. We spent basically our first night in the RV pulled over on the side of the highway. That was not fun. My wife didn't love that too much. I didn't either. But I remember us getting picked up the next morning, got uh, to a repair shop. They were going to get it all fixed and stuff. And I remember giving this gospel track to the tow truck driver. It was one of those big tow trucks to, to, move, in, to move an RV. And that was the very first person I ever gave this gospel track to. And he talked about some of his uh, problems with alcohol. He talked about some difficulties there. And my hope and prayer is that I, I've never met the man since. But I do know I gave him a clear gospel witness because Paul Brookie wrote this and allowed us to print it for him. I'd encourage you to go to BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. We'd love to send you some. Did I mention they're free? Yes, they're free. Mark chapter number six. Have you found your place there? Mark six. We talked yesterday. Let's look back just for some context. Mark chapter six, verse number 14. And King Herod 
heard of him, talking about Jesus, for his name, Jesus' name was spread abroad. And he said that John the Baptist was risen from the dead and therefore mighty works do show themselves in him. You got to be pretty scared to be worried that someone's rising from the dead. Verse 15, others said that it is Elias and others said that it is a prophet or one of the prophets. But when Herod heard thereof, he said, when he heard what Jesus was doing, he said, it is John whom I beheaded. He has risen from the dead. We're going to continue on verses uh, 17 through 29. We're going to talk about why Herod had some skeletons in his closet, why he was so afraid of his shadow, why he was so convinced that a man whom he had ordered beheaded, whose head, John the Baptist's head, we'll talk about this in a moment, was delivered as a quote-unquote gift. He was concerned that John the Baptist had come back. Verse number 17, the Bible says this, For Herod himself had sent forth and laid hold upon John and bound him in prison for Herodias' sake, his brother Philip's wife, for he had married her. Get what John says in verse 18, for John had said unto Herod, it is not lawful for thee to have thy brother's wife. So Philip, his brother, Herod's brother, had married this lady Herodias. She was a real pill. But regardless, Herod took her as his wife, and therefore, verse 19, Herodias had a quarrel against him. She didn't like being told she was living in sin, and would have killed him, meaning John, but she could not, for Herod feared John, knowing that he was a just man and a holy, and observed him. And when he heard him, he did many things, and heard him gladly. And when a convenient day was come, that Herod, on his birthday, made a supper to his lords, high captains, and chief estates of Galilee. And when the daughter of said Herod, of the said Herodias came in and danced and pleased Herod and them that sat with him, the king said unto the damsel, pause for just a moment here, what kind of dancing do you think this lady was doing? To give you an idea of how wicked and how vile, I cannot tell you with absolute certainty, but I would hazard a guess that this was not appropriate dancing. There is very little, if any, appropriate dancing. Everyone that wants to talk about, you know, it used to be back in the day, people of the book. Let me just, <laughs> I've got limited time here, but I feel led to just um, take a swipe at this for just a moment. If you disagree with me, feel free to text me. It won't bother me in the least. But it used to be back in the day, the people of the book had a problem with uh, smoking and drinking and dancing and those that did. I'm not saying we hated the sinner, but we did not favor the sin. But these days, everyone's going to prom. Everyone's hanging all over each other. Everyone's acting the fool. And everyone is living a, a lifestyle that very easily lends itself to fornication. You're telling me that you can hang all over each other in skimpy dresses and men with very little discipline. I say men, boys with very little discipline. They can go to places by themselves without supervision or very little supervision. And you think it's only going to stop with dancing. Oh, anyway, I've only got a few minutes left and we'll get back to the Bible here. If I uh, bothered you, then so be it. Here I stand. I can do no other. Verse number 20. For Herod feared John, knowing that he was just man and holy. We read that already. Look at verse number 22. We talked about dancing. Verse 22, when the daughter of the said Herodias came in and danced and pleased Herod. We're talking about what kind of dancing she was doing. Very likely to think about not only did he take his brother's wife as his own, 
and lay with her. But then also his the daughter comes in and probably was a, a very sensual dance. And it pleased Herod, the Bible says. And them that sat with him, the king said unto the damsel, Ask of me whatsoever thou wilt, and I will give it thee. And he sware unto her, Whatsoever thou ask of me, I will give it thee under the half of my kingdom. And she went forth and said unto her mother, What shall I ask? And she, Herodias, said, The head of John the Baptist. Yeah, lovely people, huh? Verse 25, And she came in straightway with haste unto the king, and asked, saying, I will that thou wilt give me by and by in a charge of the head of John the Baptist. And the king was exceeding sorry, yet for his oath's sake, and for their sakes which sat with him, he would not reject her. And immediately the king sent an executioner, and commanded his head to be brought, and he, and he the executioner, went and beheaded him in prison. Friend, where sin not only survives but thrives and is fed and is allowed to grow and fester, then its roots, its tendrils soak into and, and ingratiate themselves into all manner of other places. I think of that verse, uh, sin when it is finished. I've got it in my prayer list here. I want to I wanna read this for you. James 1.13, let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man, but every man is tempted, get this, when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed, then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. I want you to think about the fact that John the Baptist was faithful unto death. It wasn't John the Baptist's sin that caused him to die. It was his faithfulness to God Almighty. But it was Herod's sin. If he had not had Herodias as the wicked witch, then John the Baptist very likely would not have died, at least in this manner. But because of his being pleased, Herod being pleased by Herodias, his niece, technically, her sensual, very likely, sensual dancing, he offers her. Take anything you want. And she asks for, at the behest of her mother, the head of John the Baptist. What a thought. But John, he was faithful unto death. Let me ask you, you have skeletons in your closet you need to get rid of? Let me encourage you to do so. I'm excited about the next two days of broadcast here on Bible Track Deck because we got a special treat for you. I'm going to ask you to tune in each of these next.